Hey, hello, what's up, and welcome into this week's episode of the Geek Garage Podcast. This is episode number 70, where we will finally be starting our uh, highly-ish, somewhat, 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 somewhat anticipated series <laughs> we have lovingly dubbed Informal Paranormal. This is part one, where we will be covering demonic possessions and exorcisms and some of that creepy shit. Uh, yeah. I, of course, am Ted, joined as always by show founder David. Say hello, David. Hello, David. Whoops, that's nope. not right. Hello, Ted. Uh, I'm doing, I'm doing great. Uh, you didn't ask, but I'm doing great. Yes. In fact, I only so I only told you to say hello, and you've gone way over that. So, uh, well, you know, leave it up to me to go go above and beyond um, the unnecessary and unsolicited. Yes. Yes. And speaking of beyond, that's called a segue. Uh, yes. This episode again is on demons and exorcism and all kinds of creepy shit like that. Um, you know, interestingly. Sociologist uh, Erica, I believe this is French, so I'm going to butcher it. I believe it's pronounced Bouillon. Uh, she conducted a study of 488 societies all over the world. The world's a big place, David. Did you know that? Mm, I, in fact, I did. Well, good on you. Uh, and she found that 74%, almost three-fourths of them, believed in some kind of possession by spirits uh, or demons or what have you. And the highest numbers of those... Uh, strangely enough, were in the Pacific cultures. So uh, Hawaii, Samoa, I would assume. Uh, it doesn't really go into it and say it. I hmm. didn't read the study because it's about like 12,000 years old and you have to pay for it. And I'm just not about that life. <laughs> but uh, I thought that was an interesting little tidbit. Yeah. It shows that uh, this is a pretty widely held belief all over the world. You know, we mm -hmm. We have a lot of uh, fiction and, and particularly like the subgenre and horror about these things. But for a lot of people in the world, this is a very real thing. I got the that impression just by the response that we received from our fans and listeners, uh, particularly on the Facebook group page. It just kind of fucking exploded out of nowhere. Like, and we mentioned this earlier uh, in a few episodes ago. Like, we had people actually reaching out to us personally, saying, "Like, oh my god, we're so excited that you're doing like, you know, paranormal and um, not true crime stuff, but you know, just stuff that we've never done before." That other podcast, cult. yes. Right. Um, and, and so we that in turn made us more excited for this and this particular paranormal topic wasn't actually suggested by anyone i kind of just thought it up i was like hey that'd be cool and uh, uh first it was possessions and then we decided to throw in exorcisms and because they kind of go hand in hand right yeah um so yeah mm. since everyone got super excited about it that in turn made us even more excited than we originally were um and we both of us definitely have some thoughts which we will of course get to here in just a bit um but i believe we have a couple of notes to get through um isn't that right ted yes that is in fact right so david why don't you uh take it away on those uh quick hit notes there dope so uh and and of course like always these things are typically good for those that have haven't listened to the podcast in a while or are brand new to the podcast. So if you are either one of those, uh, welcome or welcome back. Um, first up, uh, we have a brand new Etsy shop. We declared, I believe, last episode um, for the first time about, uh, about our Etsy shop. Um, it's 
now now called Geek Garage Gear. It is still a work in progress. Uh, we do have a few things listed on there, but hopefully within the next week or so, we'll have more uh, more items. Mostly it's like stickers right now, like Marvel and DC stickers. Um, there is a, a Nightmare Before Christmas sticker up there too, um, you know, because it is the season. But soon we'll have like our actual Geek Garage um t-shirts that that i make uh homemade um we'll have that those listed up there as well um and we will definitely keep you posted uh, when stuff goes up um in terms of social media you can find us pretty much everywhere facebook twitter and instagram however the best way to stay up to date with the podcast and interact interact with us is through our facebook group um called geek garage podcast fans and listeners appropriately named um, there will be a link for it down below in the podcast description. Um, we typically hold uh, like fun, nerdy conversations, and usually there's a weekly poll thrown in there that we like to discuss on the podcast, and there is one for this week. Um, so if you are interested in not only listening to our podcast, but kind of being a part of the conversation and... Um, you know, all that fun stuff, then feel free to click that link or hop on Facebook and just type in Geek Garage Podcast fans and listeners. Um, supporting the show, if you'd like to support the podcast, um, there are a couple ways. Uh, first couple of these are absolutely free. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. Um, if you have, thank you very much. Uh, you can also leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that's a great way to show your support. Um, and once again, it does not cost you any dimes. Um, we do appreciate and only accept five stars. Isn't that right, Ted? That is correct. Uh, so homie God, if I find a four star. You can leave a one star as long as it's honest and funny and scathing. But if you leave anything in between a one or a five, we will find you. Right. We have a yeah. particular set of skills to annoy you. <laughs> yes. As you've well, already seen because you left us a two star review. So you know, this is very serious. Right. I mean, if it's going to be like one star or two star, at least be fucking creative with your with your comments. Like, you know, yes. I'd rather, Roast you know, uh, I'd rather sound. I'd rather sandpaper an alligator's asshole in a telephone booth than listen to this podcast again. I'd be like, you know what? I ain't even mad. No, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Probably not for the alligator. But... <laughs> well, I mean, or you. Well, we um, shouldn't I... king shame, so. Moving right along. Right. Um, there, are, uh, there is one other way to support the podcast. If you are interested in throwing a small amount of money our way, um, we have a Patreon. Um. We do have a bunch of donors so far, and for those of you that do uh, contribute to our Patreon, we, of course, uh, throw our appreciation your way each and every opportunity that we get. Um, but like I said, if, if you'd like to support the show, we have um, some pretty cool perks listed um, in, on our Patreon page. You get a cool um, Geek Garage swag pack with a, a neat sticker and button set. You get... Um, weekly updates on the goings on with the podcast that uh, other people like on the Facebook group page or other social media when they follow us uh, updates that they don't get. Um, so you're kind of in the know. And once some um, convention season starts back, we're going to be adding some, some stuff to there as well. Um, so definitely look forward to that. And if, like I said, if you're interested in 
um, supporting us financially uh, so we can keep on doing this thing and not have to dig too deep into our own pockets to um, push the show forward. That would be fan-friggin-tastic. Um, so, Ted, are you ready to talk about some spoopy stuff? I don't know what that means, so I can't accurately answer that. But, uh, David, put the music in here. We're going to get the shit show on the road. All right. Boop. Real quick before we get started on this episode, just a brief recap on this series. We're going to be covering a total of six topics. That is one per episode, which if you can do math correctly, that means we're going to be doing this for about six months. Uh, we have chosen the following topics. These are not necessarily the order in which we're going to do the episodes, just the order in which David made his bulleted list. The first episode, of course, is Possessions, which that one is in order, actually. Uh, aliens, Ghosts, Cryptozoology, so things like Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, etc., Zombie. Good job with good job with that titling, by the way. We were trying to figure out how to put that, and you were like, how about cryptozoology? And I was like, ooh, check out the big brain on Brett. Well, that's what it's called. I don't, I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> All right, well, I'll just go fuck myself. Go ahead. Carry on. Uh, zombies, which have been done to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, get it? Get it? Yep. And I get it. <laughs> and then uh, OSHA conspiracy. So things like the Bermuda Triangle, Atlantis, um, you know, etc. Dolphins. Dolph- yes, dolphins <laughs> like birds, not real. <laughs> right, they not woke. real. They are. Stay they are. woke. Quick breakdown of how this episode is going to go. We're going to hit the Facebook poll that David mentioned. He will then go on about some research he did on the quote-unquote religious side of possession, so things like religious history, um, which religions reserve or observe, rather, some form of possession, etc. We will try and do that in as respectful a way as you are, uh, no doubt, used to us doing, which is to say we're going to offend somebody. Um, then <laughs> okay. I will touch on the more scientific side, which I'm going to be honest with you, that's not, there's not nothing. Uh, <laughs> then... Uh, we uh, cumulatively, both of us, will touch each other. Nope, that is not. That's not what that says. We will then oh. touch on a few of the more prominent occurrences of possession uh, and exorcism throughout history, and then we'll probably get to shit that doesn't suck. Yeah, assuming we haven't been killed by a demon or a priest or something. I don't know. Right, just we'll see got it, we'll see getting sh- getting struck down in our uh, right where we stand, being yeah. like, "I heard you talking shit about my uh, God." Gonna off- bust down and be like, "Heard you talking shit." <laughs> What if what if God actually talked like that? <laughs> like like, like, he, a... <laughs> like he, he comes down with like a, a Von Dutch trucker hat. Um, if, uh, if Jesus came back and spoke in like what is now being called like African American vernacular English or like jive, uh-huh. I would shit and then die. <laughs> <laughs> if Dude, Jesus I... spoke jive, that would be the greatest thing that has ever happened in fucking history. <laughs> That would be pretty incredible. Um, I, I saw a fucking meme today while I was taking a shit. It was like, what if uh, God came down for two seconds, just declared to everyone, it's pronounced Jod, and went back up to heaven? <laughs> like like GIF versus JIF? Yeah. I, I was like, I laughed fucking hysterically. Um, and then I, I was like, you know what? 
if that's what it took for me to like not be an atheist anymore, I think I'd be okay with that. I'm going to be honest with you. If, uh, if there was a God and he came down and told us how to pronounce his name and that we're all a bunch of dipshits who'd been saying it incorrectly for thousands of years, that would be kind of lit. I'm going to be hundred percent real with you. Uh, 100%. Now that we've started the offensive train, David, would you like to go over this week's Facebook poll? Boy, would I ever. We asked for your favorite depiction of demonic possession and or exorcism in film or TV. And I I can't remember which ones I initially added. Uh, I, I think I added maybe four uh, initially or, or started out with four and then uh, a bunch were added. Uh, but here are the ones that were uh, voted on from most voted on to the least uh the exorcist kind of uh, no shocker there that came in first this is the uh, of course the original exorcist um second place uh, one of my favorites uh, idle hands um this one actually had a got a couple comments um some some people try to debate that it wasn't really anything to do with demonic possession or possession as a whole but uh i thought it did so you know it doesn't doesn't keep it from placing seconds um next one is exorcism of emily rose then we got the conjuring Two, drag me to hell the quiet ones the devil inside the right inner demons the last exorcism and repulsion uh ted what do you think about this list well, I mean, uh, obviously, I'm very, very shocked that The Exorcist won, and I'm guessing it probably won pretty handily. Um, yeah, it. Uh, I think Idle Hands had about half the votes that The Exorcist did. Yeah, um, I mean, The Exorcist is like, it's basically like a cultural touchstone. You know what I mean? It's like, it's yeah. like mimetic. There, there's nobody that doesn't know what The Exorcist is. You know? Right. So I'm very unsurprised at that one. Um, some of the rest of the list, I'm not surprised by necessarily, maybe some of the ordering I, I wouldn't have guessed. Um, but I think it's a pretty good representation of popular media over the last three to five decades. Um, right. It skews a little newer, but again, that is not surprising to me. Yeah. Um, I will say that drag me to hell is underrated. I say that too. I fucking love that movie. And I remember seeing it in theaters and I was, as the kids say, shook afterwards. Yeah. Um, I think that's a very underrated film, uh, but I mean, I, I really like Sam Raimi. So I'm mm-hmm. going to say that pretty much regardless. Um, I, you know, the right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I like Anthony Hopkins, but like, mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've seen that one. You know, it's there, not, there's it's a not terrible, but it's all right. Okay. You know. Oh yeah, I, I think I'm familiar with it, but uh, there's a couple on here that I have not seen. So. Yeah, um, I am a little surprised that the last exorcism got any votes. I would like to know um, off air who who voted for that so that we can mock them to one <laughs> All right. Another. Yeah, we'll um, see. No, that's a joke. Not kind of <laughs> maybe, but um, yeah, I mean, and the exorcism of Emily Rose. I, I've never seen that, but like that movie is so divisive. There are some people that swear it's good actually, and there are some people that are like, no. <laughs> so uh, you know, take this however you want. Um, I have seen this movie a total of one time, and that was in the theater when uh, when it was first released, and I remember really liking it. Um, uh, of course, the the Exorcist. I, I think I've talked about this. Uh, um, a couple times on the podcast already the ex- exorcist was kind of like 
one of my very first horror movies, especially see, uh, horror movies that I saw in like my formative years. So like the the idea of exorcisms in movies and possession like definitely appealed to me as a uh, horror movie trope theme, whatever you want to call it. It appealed to me more than really anything else, like ghosts or zombies, whatever you you know what other subgenres are out there. So, you know, I remember really liking it. However, um, I, like I said, I have not revisited it since then. Um, and of course I think this movie came out in like 2005. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I can't really say if it's, um, you know, aged well or, you know, held up or is still a good movie. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it is. Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine that it's held up too well. <laughs> but that's, yeah, you know, we'll see. Um, yeah. I will say the the thing that's cool about The Exorcist, and I think this is probably true. It's true for you. Uh, I'm going to say now it's true for me as well. I think it's probably true for a lot of our listeners and probably people in our age bracket. Like obviously, it's like a super well known movie and was very popular and spoken of in like these hushed and reverential tones by horror enthusiasts since its release. Mm. And then it got re-released in like what nineteen ninety nine or two thousand, yeah. Like the 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 quote unquote version you've never seen before. So like the director's cut, essentially, I would guess. Right. Yeah. And I remember this was like a pretty big deal that it got re-released. You know, this is kind of before right every DVD that came out had the director's cut. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I remember renting that, and I I had to watch the entire movie. This is the only time I've ever done this. I had to watch the entire movie with my hand on the stop button. <laughs> I was so fucking uncomfortable watching that movie. Uh, I was probably 13. Yeah, so we're, we're probably around the same age uh, the, when we saw this for the first time. So it was, so you saw the, what'd you call it, the version you've never seen before? Yeah. Um, or the director's cut. That was the first time you watched the movie? Yes. Okay, that's that was the first time for me too. Um, I spent the night at a buddy's house um, back in high school, um, and uh, yeah, he he showed me. He was like, "Have you ever seen The Exorcist?" And I was like, "No." He's like, "Dude, I got the copy. It's like the director's cut. It's got the spider walking." And I was like, "I don't know what any of that means, but okay." Oh, you can learn today. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what he said. He's you gonna learn today? Um, and boy, did I learn! I learned how. Uh, I learned how quickly I could piss myself. Um, That's exactly what I learned. No, uh, this movie just fucking floored me. Um, Yeah. And Uh, it, man. Yeah. um, What a, what a goat. Uh, I just recently rewatched this. Um, It's uh, streaming on um, HBO, HBO max right now. Um, Now or go or whatever the fuck it's called now. Yeah. I I think it's HBO max. Um, unfortunately it is not the director's cut it's the just the regular theatrical release so it it doesn't have i think the main two things are the spider walk when she comes down the stairs and then it's like an extended uh, or, or alternate ending extended or alternate ending one of those two um there might be a, a i think there's a few more flashes of captain howdy too um uh, pazuzu. uh is it captain pazuzu no it's it's i, I think reagan it's been a while since i've seen it so my my details are probably a little fuzzy but i think he's referred to as captain howdy but it's actually supposed to be the demon pazuzu 
Oh, okay. Well, yeah, the maybe more you know. One of the other differences than what what the thing is referred to, I can't remember. Like I said, it's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah. The, the thing about this movie is, like I said, I, I was so terrified of it the first time I watched it that I like immediately wanted to seek it out and watch it again. Really. Um, and then I watched it again in college with um, a couple of my roommates, one of whom was like very religious and sort of like. <laughs> very sure of the fact that anyway anyway um and it was just kind of funny to me to uh, to experience it with him no just to watch it the second time like the things that terrified me as a younger uh, okay kid, like were sort of laughable um but i think that's we've talked about this a lot before i think that's mostly an effect of horror movies i don't want to think i don't want to say this movie's not effective because it definitely is i just think that it's sort of like um you know, learning a magic trick. Once you know how it's done, it's not as fun. Right. And I, yeah. and I think that's very true of horror films. You know, once you know that you're going to be scared or that is that something scary is going to happen, it's, it's I don't think it's as effective. Right. But I, I think that's where, um, and I know you'll agree with me on this, that's where really good practical effects comes in handy because even though like a scene might not be as scary a second or third or fourth or fifth time because you know what's going to happen, you still have those awesome practical effects to fall back on that you can you know you're going to appreciate over and over again. Yeah, in addition to effects, I mean, things like you know, quality cinematography, right. good direction, things like that. Like, you know, good acting performances. It, all the things that make a good movie also elevate horror beyond just like shitty blood and, and bad knife effects. You know what I mean? So Right. Yeah, for sure. I think all those things ring true ring true for, for that as well. We've we've rambled on about this poll for <laughs> for entirely too long. <laughs> eh, eh. Um yeah, I mean it's this is a decent time to segue into our actual topic for the evening um, because it is definitely related. Um, we are, we're going to talk about some possessions and exorcisms. Um, and like Ted said in the intro, we did kind of decide to split the research um, of our main two talking points uh, down the middle. Um, I took the religious side and Ted took the scientific side, um, which I feel is pretty appropriate. I grew up hardcore Catholic, um, going to church every Sunday, Sunday school, every Sunday after mass. Um, I went to private high school, so uh, I felt pretty much right at home uh, doing this research. I was like, oh yeah, I, I remember a lot of this. Um, and, uh, I mean, of course I, I've said many times I'm an atheist now, so it's, it's fun to, to read up on some things that, you know, used to be part of my past, um, not demons, but, <clears throat> you know, like observing faith and whatnot. Um, but yeah, and, and Ted, like I said, he got to do, uh, the more scientific side, but yeah, Ted, if, uh, if you're ready, we, uh, we can go ahead and kick this off. We'll, We'll start with my religious history and then get to get to your shiz. By all means. Good, sir. All right. So demonic possessions have roots in definitely a few origins. It's it's not a shit ton. Um, Ted, I definitely didn't know about your your little tidbit in the beginning, the like the Pacific Pacific Island um, kind of culture. 
but I I was aware and you know through doing research and just naturally of the few religions around the world that observe some form of demons, demonic possession, um, uh, observe the uh, warranty warrantedness uh, of of exorcisms, if if that makes any sense. But there, it basically breaks down into two different. Um, you know, religions or sets of beliefs. Um, you have kind of like your, your more Western, you have your Abraham, Abrahamic religions, um, which is, you know, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. And then you have your Eastern religion, which is mostly Buddhism. Um, <clears throat> as far as Christianity goes, there's a couple uh, of uh, different sects that observe uh, demonic possession, but it's mostly uh, Catholicism and Protestantism. So we are going to basically go down the line and, you know, knock out a few things that some of these uh, observe and believe in. And we're going to start with Judaism. So with Judaism, demons are viewed a bit differently. They, while they do exist, they are relatively infrequent and even more so regarding like actual possessions, like um, they just don't happen very often, although they are, you know, mentioned in uh, a couple books. They're, they're mentioned in the Talmud, um, the the Midrash. They they both mention demons. Um, they're actually seen as agents of God. The most commonly known uh, demon is Shadim. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. I tried to look up or research as much of the pronunciations of of all these things, all these words that were new to me. So if I get one wrong, please don't, uh, please let me know. Don't, don't be afraid to reach out and correct me. Cause I want to do these little, uh, little factoids and in, in each religion justice. Um, but, uh, anyways, um, the Shadim are a physical manifestation of evil. Um, in layman's terms, they were foreign gods who pretended to be the one true God. Um, but they were so infrequently mentioned, um, you know, demons only come up like twice in the Tanakh, I believe it's pronounced. Um, and uh, neither are directly related to like demonic possession. So, you know, we're kind of get a, getting a theme here while, you know, demons exist in Judaism. It's pretty few and far between. <clears throat> um, as far as the origins go, there are a few different legends um, when it comes to, uh, you know, the, the origin story. One states that they are de the descendant of serpents. Another states that God was basically, uh, this is one of my, this is my favorite, by the way, uh, God was basically in the middle of making a set of what he originally intended to be humans, but then the Sabbath rolled around and he was like, well, it's the weekend. I ain't taking this shit home with me. <laughs> oh shit. That's amazing. I know. Right. He's just uh, like, nah, not feeling them out. <laughs> no. And, and this is the best part. Damn he it, left God. <laughs> Bring it back. Um, so this is the best part. He left them how they were to show mankind that when the Sabbath arrives, all work must be considered, quote, complete. Um, if that's not like the Monday through Friday 
a work week summarized for like our culture i don't know what the fuck is i just i just love that apparently in this interpretation of demons god is just like oh shit it's five on friday it's time to get lady kitty (laughs) (laughs) we're about to get turned up in her hold up no 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 no. i got plans okay (laughs) uh yeah um that one it it gave me a couple chuckles when when i was doing my research so yeah, it was pretty good. But yeah, that that pretty much wraps up Judaism. Um, you know, it, it's pretty reflective. Uh, what I had to say was pretty reflective of the overarching theme, just demons being pretty infrequent, although observed. <clears throat> Next, we have Christianity. And like I said, I'll, I'll go over a couple different, um, you know, uh, sex and Christianity, whatever you want to call it. Um Pretty much all sects of Christianity believe that the devil or Satan is directly related to demonic possessions and exorcisms. Um, in fact, one of Satan's strategies during the battle between heaven and himself, uh, it was to possess humans. Um, so I guess that's one way to go about, you know, trying to defeat old Jod. Uh, but um, whether he won or not, um, I I think that remains to be seen sometimes. I mean, 2020, I feel like I'm like, wait, did he win? <laughs> yeah. My 2020 bingo card is actually uh, God coming out and being like, nah, this whole time I've been bullshitting. You say no on this side. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that sounds true. Um, additionally, there are several instances in the new Testament where Jesus drives out evil spirits from individuals. Um, we're pretty familiar with some of the boilerplate ones, but um, yeah, there is <clears throat> definitely some subventions there. Uh, I'm going to start with the, uh, like I said, I only have a couple sex to go over, but I'm going to start with the big one. And that of course is Catholicism. Um, Catholicism and uh, demonic possession and exorcisms. I feel like they kind of go hand in hand. You know, if, if you were to ask the, average joe like hey what religion uh or or sect do you associate exorcisms and possession with um they they lean toward toward catholicism why uh i'm not too positive um but they sure as fuck believe in in the devil and shit so um but here's here's what i found They believe that demonic activity or influence happens in one of two ways. We have ordinary and, and extraordinary. Very original, right? Yeah, that, uh, (laughs) exciting. I know. So with ordinary demonic activity, it's simply your, your average everyday temptations. Like, "Mm, yeah, hold the phone. Just regular demon shit, you know? Yeah, right. Like, uh, I guess it's like that devil like popping up on your left shoulder like, yeah, go ahead and eat that ice cream. You've already had four bowls of of cereal, of your old man cereal, your uh, your frosted mini wheats. So a little bowl of uh, six scoops of ice cream won't won't hurt, hurt you. David, we really got to talk about bowl size if a little bowl is only six is like six scoops. I got to <laughs> only I mean, what, what are you packing over there? Are you packing a baker's dozen of scoops? Don't judge what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, I mean, I just openly admitted that I eat like 15 too many bowls of cereal. Um, There is no such thing as too many bowls of cereal, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Maybe I'm the everyday ordinary demon on your shoulder. You 
You got me there. We're going to need to do our serial episode soon. I, I swear to God we are. Um, that would be fun, like, just to do what we have no other ideas, which happens a lot. Did we have... We talked about this. What we have, it was like a... We have, like, a whole thing planned for it. We even had a name. Did we? Yes. Uh, it was good, too. It wasn't like, I'm serial about this or something? No. Was it, it like, a pun? It, I think so, but it was like something, a YouTube experience. Like, it was so dumb, but it was so <laughs> funny. I wish I could remember what it was. Fuck. Maybe I have it in my notes somewhere. I'll have yeah. to comb through. But anyways, um, getting on with um, the, the topic at hand, uh, you know, we, we covered the ordinary demonic activity in Catholicism. Let's get to the extraordinary, and it can take six different forms, um, and I ordered them from least to most severe with number six, we have subjection. Basically, you open your front door and let the devil inside willingly. Like, hey, come on in. You need a need a, a cup of sugar? You want to do a line on the coffee table? Come on in. Trying. <laughs> right? You trying to? Um, <clears throat> what you trying to do, Satan? Netflix and chill? <laughs> Uh, let me see that red dick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking like some Oscar Mayer sausage wieners up in this piece. Jesus fucking God. <laughs> uh, what will be the last episode of the Geek Rush podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Cancelled a shit. <laughs> oh man! All right. Uh, number five is infestation. Um, and it's a lot like what it sounds. Essentially, it's when an evil spirit inhabits something inhuman or inanimate, such as houses, animals, or other ran- random objects. Number four, we have external physical pain. Um, just exactly what it sounds like. Basically, self-inflicting harm uh, or um, external harm from... Uh, uh, the devil himself, we'll, we'll put it that way. Uh, number three, we have oppression. Uh, this is kind of like your entry level of your typical, your you know, what your prototypical demonic possession that, that you might think of. It's totally 100% against your will, but you still maintain some consciousness and awareness. You're, you're you know, you know what's going on, but uh, yeah, the devil's getting in there, um, whether you like it or not. Um, number two, we have obsession where you suddenly, uh, are consumed with obsessive and irrational thoughts. Most reoccurring of these is suicide ideation. Um, and for number one, we have a full blown possession where the devil takes full control of your body without your consent. However, the cause of possession is almost always linked to the person causing something to happen, whether intentional or unintentional. So so there you have it for Catholicism. Um, Protestantism, a lot shorter. Uh, it takes a very literal form of um, possession, the, the demons. <clears throat> and instead of your typical convulsing, uh, speaking in tongues, spewing green puke type of shit, uh, Protestants believe that real demonic possession comes in the form of alcoholism, homosexuality, chronic fatigue syndrome, and addictions, including porn and gambling. Um, so if you have any of those, uh, you probably got demons in your blood. Um, you should do cocaine about it. You should definitely do cocaine about it. God, I fucking love that. Name. 
That's a good one. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Being a doctor in the uh, the 1800s. Yeah. Being like, God damn, it's in your blood. So that uh, that about wraps it up for Christianity. Um, the last of the Abrahamic religions is Islam. Um, there are various versions of and forms of possession in Islamic culture. But the one that shows up the most goes by the name of Jinn. I believe I'm pronouncing that correct once again, if you I am are. not. Uh, oh, thank you. Um, I figured you'd be able to kind of like fact check me or, or whatever you want to call it with some of these, because I know that you are relatively well read when it comes to some of this stuff. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still just thinking about Netflix and chill with Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes uh, I'm amazed by the shit that we come up with. Uh me too. After all this time, me too. Also, I remember what we were going to call our cereal show. But okay. That's not there. Hit me with it. It was serious about cereal, a YouTube experience. <laughs> that's what it was. We were going to make did... it a YouTube channel. I remember that now. Okay. I couldn't remember if like the funny part of that, other than the title, was that it wouldn't be a YouTube thing. <laughs> but we Right. But it wasn't going to be on YouTube. That was the joke. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I was like... I. That just came to me and I was like, no, I'm typically not that good at thinking of impromptu jokes. I have to plan things out way in advance because I'm not that good at improv. Um, but yeah, anyways, um, so, so yeah, the, the, um, the form of possession and, um, and demon that gets thrown around the most in Islam is jinn. According to the Quran, jinn share a few similarities to mankind, such as intellect and the ability to choose from right and wrong, but their origin is, of course, different from man. Um, and this is actually a excerpt from, uh, from the Quran. And indeed, we created man from dried clay of altered mud, and the jinn were created aforetime from the smokeless flame of fire. So there you have it. That's how the jinn were created. I know you were just chomping at the bit to figure that out. So that sounds yeah. way better than um, you know the boring shit that the Christians came up with. Where <laughs> I know, like, right? Like we're get, we're gonna have an organized list. <laughs> Star Wars collector cups. Fucking nerds. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fucking plebeians um anyways so jinn are thought to seduce mankind uh to stray from allah um, and there are instances of possession um that are approached from a more quote-unquote scientific place um where demonic possession in christianity typically involves members of the church such as priests or bishops islam believes that possession is best understood through biological Anthrop, sorry, I'm going to try and get anthropological, sociological, psychopathological, and experimental perspectives. Um, God, that was a mouthful, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting the the take and the approach that um, Islam has um, in accordance with um, demons and possession, um, coming at it from that scientific place um, where more uh, logic i guess is brought into the equation um so i found that a little bit surprising but uh, albeit fun to to kind of learn um <clears throat> but anyways um 
Last but not least, uh, we have Buddhism, the aforementioned uh, Eastern religion. Um, in my opinion, demons and Buddhism make the most sense. Uh, demons in, in Buddhism can take either the form of a physical being or a delusion, um, pretty similar to some of the other religions and, and sects of Christianity that we've covered so far. Um, Mara, who is known as the embodiment of temptation, was the one that challenged Siddhartha before he became Buddha. Um, and there are four metaphorical forms of Mara in traditional Buddhism. I know I'm going to butcher a couple of these, but I'm going to try to get through them as best as possible. Um, there is Klesa Mara, aka Mara, as the embodiment of all unskillful emotions such as greed, hate, and delusion, which is hard as fuck <laughs> like uh, i don't I, I mean is that sounds cool and makes like a lot of sense to me i, I don't I, I don't know if that's just me but when i read that for the first time i kind of got weird goosebumps but anyways um the next one is uh mir mir mertu mara i think is how it said probably not um aka uh, mara as death uh pretty self-explanatory straightforward um there is skanda mara aka mara as a metaphor for the entirety of conditioned existence also what a mind fuck that is um ted i don't know if you uh, can wrap your head around that maybe you can a little bit more than i can but no <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the fourth one is deva deva per holy shit deva Putra Mara, aka the, I think it's either Diva or Deva, um, of the sensuous realm. Um, on the night of Buddha's enlightenment, enlightenment, sorry, this particular form of Mara attempted to prevent him from attaining liberation from the cycle of rebirth. Um, Ted, I, I don't know how familiar you are with Buddhism. I tried to look this up, but I kind of ran out of time with my research. Mm -hmm. um the is is that kind of like the quote-unquote goal is attaining liberation from like the the rebirth cycle like you're basically you you you're born you die you get reincarnated and the cycle goes on and on until you basically figure out um the I'm trying to figure out a way to put it um but you, you kind of get what i'm saying like yeah, so that's a tough question, man. Um, Probably not one that we could, like, uh, knock out in, like, a minute or less. Yeah, it's definitely not. Um, some some adherents of Buddhism definitely believe in um, like reincarnation and living multiple lives as in, in different ways it is different beings mm -hmm. as part of the process to achieving nirvana but there's no like i mean like any other you know serious philosophical or religious school of thought there's not really a one-size-fits-all definition sure yeah that makes sense um <clears throat> so yeah that that about does it for my religious um history and religious uh, research that I did on the religious side. I do have 
uh, a couple of documented cases that I took the time to do a semi deep dive on. Uh, Ted, do you think it would be uh, better to kind of toss it to you real quick for your, your scientific research. And then we can talk about these known cases a little bit. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, since I am done, I will officially toss it to you, sir, to hear what you found. So like I said, in the intro, the science aspect of it, I well, first let me say, I think we should clarify what we mean when we say the science side of this, because, um, there's not one, um, but we're not talking about things like you, you've, I'm sure that many of our listeners have seen this or, or read about it or heard about it, or maybe even think this themselves, that there are some quote unquote scientific methods to proving or helping to prove demonic possession or demons or, or any variety of other things. Ghosts. This is really big on ghost hunting shows. They do like infrared cameras and um, like white noise recordings and things like that. Some of that same stuff kind of goes in with, with, um, with demons and possessions. And that's not science. That's pseudoscience for one thing. So what we're talking about when we say the science side of it, we're talking about things that have actually been at least somewhat proven scientifically that could account for some of these possession stories and legends and myths that, that have been told for, forever right one thing that a lot of people have suggested is that possessions and the ways that they are manifested are the results of some psychiatric disorder Mm -hmm. and while there is probably some truth to that there's not really a single disorder that fits all you can't categorize all um possession stories as one disorder there are a few that doctors have theorized more often than others Mm -hmm. Uh, the most notable of those is probably disassociative identity disorder or multiple personalities as as most people would call call it call it colloquially sure um in that you know they're presenting as a different personality when they're quote-unquote possessed same thing with something like disassociative trance disorder um there's even one called possession disorder and I, and I guess they were just like, you know what? Uh, just lump them all together. That's what it is now. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, bipolar psychosis. And then and then one, this isn't really a disorder necessarily, but like side effects or I guess extreme of, intended effects of, of different drugs. Like PCP is pretty, um, you hear a lot of stories about PCP usage and overusage. And some of them are no doubt urban legends, but some of them are also very factually true where people develop like super strength or what you would assume is super strength and like, crazy shit like that so for um, sure pretty heady shit <clears throat> yeah don't do dust is is the lesson you should take away from this um you know but i always try and think of there are so many things that we don't know now right with all right. the knowledge that we have accumulated throughout human history there are still things that we're just like nah don't know bro just good uh, <laughs> we're gonna guess it's this I can't imagine what some of these things would have appeared to people would have appeared as to people even a hundred years ago who don't have the knowledge that we do now. Like, you know, consider the scientific advances we've made in the last hundred years and then think about, or 150 years or whatever timeline you want to use and think about somebody in, you know, 85 BC and their kid is suddenly like, 
speaking in a language they don't recognize, which is really probably gibberish. You know, right. if they're having like an epileptic episode or multiple yeah. personality disorder or something like that, you're probably going to think it's the devil too. You know what I mean? Right. So, I, from a rationality standpoint, I can follow the logic, quote unquote logic of someone thinking like, oh, this is the devil infecting my child. Um, but we also have the benefit of <clears throat> hindsight's not really the right word, but you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That said, I'm sure I just pissed off all of our listeners because they were just like, <laughs> we just want to hear we just want to hear fucking cool stories, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like it's it's worth bringing up this uh, this topic um because it is the other side of the coin, like you know, uh, most of our, you know, uh, written accounts and um, you know, verbal accounts of possession and and events of exorcism they were done a while ago like the the common denominator with most of them is that they were done a long time ago before a lot of what you mentioned had officially been coined um i i mean the idea of epilepsy has been around for a while but it really wasn't until like i think maybe the 40s that they finally like put in a name to it and i mean i don't know when like cat scans and mris and eegs came into the picture but i know it wasn't in like you know the fucking 1800s where those things existed um so yeah i mean we just like you said we have so much going on for us right now in terms of scientific advancements to to where we can disprove um so much of you know, what, what clearly was just, you know, um, biological abnormalities with this person or, you know, they were suffering from epilepsy, other mental disorders. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. And you know, I, I consider myself, uh, an open-minded individual. Yeah. A, A want to believer. I don't know. No, I wouldn't say a want to believe her. Okay. Um, I would say that I'm not completely closed. I'm not so certain, you know, there's the, there's the famous aphorism, you know, the wise man knows that he knows nothing. Right. Yeah. And I, I definitely, I definitely get that. Like, I don't think I'm a wise man, but the more I learn about different things, the more I'm like, fuck, I don't know dick about dick. You know? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to completely close off and say that there's no way that any of this is true. I don't think it's true. Nothing I've ever seen, heard, believed, read about, you know, been talked to about anything. None of it points to any of this demons or possession or anything being true. But I also am not so naive as to say that we have everything figured out. I definitely think there are still some things that we cannot explain. Now, whether or not we can, we will, you know, whether or not we're never able to explain them is another matter entirely. For sure. Um, But, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb and say that God is fake. The devil's not real. And your kid's probably just a dick. (laughs) I mean, there's, there's some truth to that. I'll, I'll say that there's, there's some truth there. Um, if not all truth, um, I, and I'm definitely inclined to agree with you. 
Um, I, I still don't know exactly where I fall. Um, I mean, it, it's not a hard, like, you know, I believe this, I believe that, but I definitely lean more towards the, I don't think possessions, um, are, are real. I mean, there's, in my opinion, there's just too much that we know scientifically as of right now, um, to, to disprove so much of, of what has been documented in the past. Um, and as time goes on and we learn more about our brains, learn more about our body chemistry and our biology, um, our ancestral lineage, I, I think it's just going to be more increasingly more clear that, um, possessions probably, probably not a thing maybe but probably not um so yeah that's that's what i got um but yeah uh teddy you got any more uh science bitch to hit us with uh no i do not (laughs) all right well um like i stated uh earlier on i did do a tiny bit of research on some known slash popular cases I only decided to cover two because after a while they, one, they kind of got boring and two, they got repetitive. They, those two points kind of go hand in hand, but yeah, um, it's definitely one of those you read one, you read them all. Uh, so I mean, if you're interested in, uh, learning more about, um, historical accounts of, possessions and subsequent exorcisms uh, there's a shit ton of stuff out there for you to read i will tell you that um but like i said i just did not have the time to dig into it all um but i did want to cover two that i thought were particularly interesting um the first is uh the possession and exorcism of george lukens um it's an account of exorcism in 1778 Uh, Lukens was a tailor. Um, He resided in London and he was what they say relatively normal and mild-mannered individual. However, a few friends and close observers, acquaintances, etc. reported that he would occasionally sing or even scream in ways that did not sound human. Uh, It was also observed that George would appear to be pushed or forced to the ground by invisible forces. After a 20-week stay at St. George's Hospital in London, it was declared that he was medically incurable. This opened up the possibility for an exorcism. When uh, the exorcism was uh, being, or the exorcist team, I don't know. uh, What if they got, like, jerseys? (laughs) (laughs) And now you're starting (laughs) far. Oh my it's got, god! It's got dude. like the classic bulls. Who is the Michael Jordan of Exorcist? That's what I want to know. That's uh, the docu series we need. Right? Yeah. Um. I wonder if he's also a world class gambler. Yes. <laughs> that that would be litty titty fam. Um. Anyways. Uh. Yeah. We should definitely like come up with jerseys that we can offer in the Geek Garage shop. Like. We 1,000% should do that. That should be our (laughs) next thing. Uh, In fact, after this episode is done and we're done recording, I'm going to go see if making uh, homemade jerseys is a thing uh, or a service that is offered. Um, So 
you can you can bet your bottom dollar that I'll be doing that. Anyways, um, so uh, it was seven clergymen that carried out um, Lucan's exorcism, and it was stated to be a quote unquote success. Following the event, it was reported that George lived a normal life, um, relatively speaking, free of the issues he had faced for quite some time. This can only mean one of three things. He was actually possessed by some sort of demon or devil, and the exorcism was warranted and worked. He suffered from mental disorders, including epilepsy. Uh, See him appearing to get pushed or forced to the ground. Um, That's exactly, uh, not exactly, but that's kind of what it looks like. Um, And that's coming from someone who has epilepsy and has watch other people have epileptic seizures so yeah um but uh he um maybe he suffered from a mental disorder but somehow miraculously got better after the exorcism took place um or the third possibility he was completely 100 percent full of shit uh there are other sources that actually stated that george's episodes usually happened after heavy drinking um so Maybe this is one of those things like you look back, like did Jesus actually resurrect Lazarus from the dead or did Lazarus just have like a fucking hangover? Like, Mm. you know, you know, you know, anyways, um, this is from like the fucking late 1700s. They didn't even know how to write back then. So like, you know, it's like playing the, that was a joke by the way. No one laughed. Um, but you know, joke, um, I think it's it's kind of like the telephone game where, uh, you know, you start off in a circle. The teacher has one little phrase and all the way when it comes back around, um, it's bastardized beyond uh, comprehension. Nowhere near the beginning phrase. Yeah. I, I always think of it as like it's one big it's one lie that got just like way the fuck out of hand. Right. Um, and of course, you know, you take into account like how it's been translated from one language to another. I mean, this was probably in English, this particular instance, but you know, um, it's just, there's so much, so much room for like historical inaccuracies, I think, but that's, that's a whole other podcast we could um, ramble on about. Um, But the, the second account of demonic possession and exorcist, sorry, exorcism that I wanted to cover was the one of Roland Doe. Um, and if this name sounds familiar, um, or doesn't sound familiar, it is the historical case in which William Peter Blady's The Exorcist is based on. Um, some of the events that were said to have taken place were, ad- were in fact, adapted into the book and subsequent film. Um, these included uh, stuff like the violent body movements, shake, uh, the bed shaking, um, the injuries, both um, random and self-inflicted, and the uh, mysterious marks on the body. Uh, however, there's plenty of liberties that were taken for the book and movie, including um, Reagan's head turning 180 degrees. Um, No shit there, right? Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so there are several facets of this event that can potentially point it to being a true demonic possession, uh, as well as another in a long line of disproven occurrences that were thought to involve possession. 
for the most part, it remains quite difficult to depend on what was reported as factual. Um, to this day, a lot of the details of the case have been kept anonymous, including the identity of the boy in question, ergo Roland Doe. Um, uh, this, this means that there were no interviews or statements from the boy or his family. Um, it's basically just written records of the events that were kept by Father Raymond J. Bishop, um, one of the attending priests, um, but a few of the other priests and religious officials in, that were involved have gone on the record stating that some of the things that were, um, I guess, discussed later on and uh, that were documented in his journaling uh, just straight up didn't happen. They were like, yeah, uh, that, that definitely didn't happen. So, you know, who the fuck knows? Um, but here is a brief summary. The events started to occur after a family member passed. I believe it was the boy's aunt um, and uh, meaning uh, his his mom's sister. If you don't know how family lineage works, uh, the family went to their pastor, Luther Miles Schultz um, or Schultz, maybe after going to uh, their their pastor. um or they went to their pastor after experiencing some odd occurrences, such as furniture appearing to move uh, a little bit and strange noises. Um, Scholes observed the boy for a night in his own home and reported that he too experienced some odd occurrences like furniture slightly moving and lights flickering, etc. Um, a series of exorcisms were then carried out. Um, Howard, or sorry. Edward Hughes, a Roman Catholic priest, was the first to conduct an exorcism on Roland. Later, priest William S. Ba Bowdern, oh my god, Bo Bodern, Bodern, I think, William sure. S. Bodern, um, we'll go with that, Walter and Walter Halloran were brought in for another series of exorcisms. William Van Rue, a third Jesuit priest, assisted Bodern and Halloran during the process. Um, strange happenings were said to have taken place, like weird marks mysteriously showing up on Roland's body and him speaking in Latin phrases that he apparently was previously unaware of. After the exorcism, it was said that Roland and his family lived a relatively normal life. Now, why it's probably all fucking bullshit. <laughs> um, Roland was apparently known as a little shit, uh, basically a troublemaker and a problem child. Um, so it wouldn't be out of the realm of uh, possibility that a lot of what happened was just him acting out, just being, because uh, he was apparently a teenager uh, or, um, you know, preteen. And, um, you know, he could have just been being a little dick. Um, the surviving priests that were involved, uh, like I said, had conflicting memories of what did and did not happen. Uh, the more supernatural occurrences could be explained scientifically, and some of the things the priests observed could just be straight up imagined. Um, and probably the, uh, the best source of the argument against uh, this actually being um, a, a true demonic possession is Thomas B. Allen's 1993 book, 
uh, title possessed the true story of an exorcism and it's basically all on this topic i of course did not have time to read this i am kind of really curious to read it i i actually want to i'm just reading a, a quick synopsis on amazon um i mean it would basically mean uh disproving the story that influenced one of my favorite movies uh, horror movies of all time but you know i don't necessarily need it to be based on true events for it to be a, a buoy that i consider good so um yeah that's um that's all i got for roland doe and like i said those are my two cases um ted you got any questions questions for the class no i do not in fact well was uh, was all this relatively new information for you um particularly about the case in which the exorcist was based off of or did was this some uh, uh common knowledge for you a little bit of both okay yeah i was curious as to what you did and didn't know already um i mean you being definitely more of a film aficionado than i am uh, just knowing more trivia i figured you probably knew some stuff so i know literally nothing (laughs) uh i don't think that's particularly true um you know you know some things um, I will say that I know that we have a couple people to thank. I meant to do that at the beginning. Um, but we, we did have a couple people reach out to us with some suggestions on talking points and whatnot. So Shauna, like our resident horror aficionado, she helped out quite a bit with ideas and jumping off points. Um, Steven, my good buddy, Steven on Facebook, he commented in the, uh, think it was the facebook poll some some things to look up uh he i think he actually he gave us some direction on the religious side and the scientific side he he threw out a lot of the terms that i in turn i I was going to initially look up but then you ended up looking up and of course you stated a little earlier um and then uh megan zimmerman um, we've mentioned her a couple times on the podcast um good friend of mine she also commented some some good stuff on facebook she actually added a couple movies to the facebook poll um for uh, favorite depiction of demonic possession Um, so yeah thank you megan once again and everyone else once again and everyone that participated in in the um recent polls on the facebook group Um, we greatly appreciate your participation um it makes us look better um and trust me we can god knows we need that yes we we need it as much as humanly possible so we we appreciate your um your support all right ted well before we sign off here you want to do our shit that doesn't suck you can kick it off for us Yes, um, my first one, this is a movie I've been wanting to watch ever since I first heard about it um, last summer or fall. Uh, That would have been 2019. What year is it, David? (laughs) Uh, I believe it's 2020. Yeah, still, Jesus Christ, the longest I know, it just won't end. Uh, But yeah, this is something I heard about, um, like, I think it was like summer 2019. It's a movie called VFW. It is a... um, throwback of sorts it reminded me a lot of like uh the work of john carpenter particularly like assault on precinct 13 it's got a lot of um 
it, it owes a lot to that film as well as some other sort of grindhouse style or low budget style horror films. Um, it's about a group of older guys who are all members of the local VFW hall. It's set in a somewhat future, but not like hard sci-fi future. So, you know, a couple, three, five, ten years in the future um, where there's this new drug called hype that is basically mm. turned a lot of the teenagers and young adults in this local town um, into pseudo zombies. Interesting. Um, and basically some things happen and these old fucks have to fight off hordes of, of these drugged out numbskulls. <laughs> um, super violent, super over the top. Like I said, it reminds me a lot of like films like Assault on Precinct 13 and um, things like that. Um, I dug the shit out of this movie. It is definitely up my alley. Okay. Um, I cannot recommend it enough if you're into you know, horror or action horror or stuff like that. Um, it is not a great movie, I would say. So like, don't go into it expecting high art, but if you're into this type of film, you're going to be into this one. Um, it's available to rent on a lot of different places. It's actually streaming for free. If you have a hoopla account, I think I'm one of like 12 people that actually has a hoopla account. (laughs) Um, it's an app that you can get if you have a library card. Um, you can log in and sync your library account to it, and they have a lot of like audiobooks and and films and stuff that you can that you can rent essentially well, for free. A, but another streaming service that's connected to your library account. Yes. That, hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, but cool. I, I like I said I I uh, I was able to watch it through there for free, which is dope. Um, but you know if you want to, if you want to rent it, I think it's probably like three bucks or five bucks or something to rent. And in my opinion, it's well worth it. It's called VFW. Well, my first is the uh, it's a documentary. I believe it's relatively new. Um, just within the last year or two, I think. Um, it's on HBO right now. It's called McMillions. Um, and it is the documentary about how the McDonald's Monopoly game was a giant fucking scam. Um. That's still kind of new news to people um, that the Monopoly game was a scam. Uh, I know. Uh, I mean, one, it was you know a long time ago. They they stopped doing it uh, a while now. But yeah, um, it was a thing, and it was a total fucking scam. And I am not even going to go into any more than that because it is so worth the watch. Like I haven't finished it yet. I still have one episode to go. But holy shit, like, does it take a fucking turn and one that you will not see coming? You're just like, how the hell is this a thing? Like, is this real life? Um, it's nuts. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's good. Go watch it. Awesome. Yeah, I know you texted me about it. I don't know, as you were watching it or maybe right after you finished watching it and you were just like mind blown about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't know how to be in my own body for a second. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say that uh, I was particularly wounded by this as for a long time, your boy held out hope that he was going to win that son of a bitch. So, <laughs> Dude, uh, I, I feel I yeah. feel personally attacked by this this news. I know. <sighs> it is what it is. How it goes. Yeah. Uh, for my second one, that's right, I'm doing two. Fuck you. This is our show. <laughs> we do what we want. Yeah. Um, sort of topical. This just hit its 30th anniversary. Um, well, it'll be about a week by the time you're you're hearing this and that's the movie goodfellas a lot has been said about this film so i'm gonna keep it short and sweet but that movie fucking rules 
Um, and anyone who disagrees is wrong. It should have won the Oscar for Best Picture. I will go to my grave fighting for that. Uh, but yeah, Goodfellas is just what can you even say? It's it's fucking close to perfect. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty good, goddamn classic right there. Um, but yeah, my second pick is called uh, it's a Netflix show called Marianne. Um, and I was kind of bummed out at the start because like. It looked good, so as I pushed play, I started digging into it, and like the first thing that popped up was like, Marianne, not renewed for a second season. I was like, God damn it, but I had already started it, so I wasn't going to back out now. Um, but it is, it's actually a French show, and um, of course there's English subs. Uh, word of, uh, word word to the, the wise, of the wise, from the wise? I don't know how that saying goes. Um, word of advice, do not do the dubs. Um, please watch it in its intended language, which is French. Like I said, um, I think it actually defaults to English dubs. So I had to go into settings and turn it off because holy shit, the dubs are fucking terrible. Like I think it's just one voice actress doing like all the female voices. Um, that's, that's, that's not good. Yeah. And I, I don't think the translations were very accurate, um so yeah subtitles all the way um just pro tip um cheap out netflix or whoever is responsible for that (laughs) yeah i i i don't know uh but either way uh yeah so it's it's essentially a it's a witch and witchcraft type of show where um the the premise is this um this young author, um, girl, probably our age, probably, uh, you know, falls in the millennial, um, age group, age bracket. Uh, she, uh, she grew up having nightmares about, um, like a witch that lived under her bed. And the only way that ended up getting rid of her nightmares that she would constantly have about this is, um, writing about it. Like she wrote, um, a series of books and the series kind of starts out with her um, doing a reading of her final book that she, you know she's deciding to kind of like let go of this character and this the book and the franchise. Um, and <sighs> trying to decide if I should go into any more just madness ensues after this. It, it reminds me a little bit of how misery kind of like, starts um in terms of like you know there's there's this uh you know starstruck person who's like excited to come to the aid of this person um and then once they realize that they're not making any more of the thing that they love um you get your uh get your leg chopped off um isn't that what happened You, you were the one who told me like the what happens in the book was like a little yeah. bit different <clears throat> in um, the film uh kathy bates she just puts a like a, a block or a, a board or a what have you in between his legs and then it hits one hits his ankle with a sledgehammer and shatters it uh-huh. uh in 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 the book she cuts it off with an axe right yeah that's that's right um but yeah anyways it's it's once the craziness ensues in this show, it's kind of like that. She's revisited by a by an old friend at a um, at said book signing um, that 
the show starts out with. And uh, it gets a little weird, um, but it's really well done. Um, it's the, the show is really well shot. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's very hard to explain, but you should definitely check it out. Um, I know it kind of sucks that there's only one season, but um, hopefully as I make my way through it, uh, it's decent enough to call a one off. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my second shit that doesn't suck. Well, cool. All right. Well, I guess we are officially signing off this bitch. If you have made it this far, like always, um, we are thankful and apologetic. That is our official stance. Yes. Uh, but congratulations for making it to the finish line. Um, like usual, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. The links will, of course, be in the description subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already leave us a rating remember five stars no less and uh as always be kind say and eat lots of cheesecake goodbye